And the theme of today's message for you is your habits make you. Your habits define who you become. For those who don't know, I lost my mom literally three weeks ago. We went on holiday. I started my holiday on Monday. I was here on Sunday, on Monday, and on Tuesday, we received the message that my mom just passed away. Almost everyone who spoke to the funeral referred to her as a woman of prayer. Almost everyone. The, the funeral was on the 2nd of, of January. Everyone spoke of her as a woman of prayer. There are very few people on earth who can be said of them to be people of prayer. I don't know if it can be said of me as a person of prayer, maybe. But it's, there are very few people who can be called people of prayer. To earn that title, she must have done things that impressed those around her during her lifetime. People around her must have seen that this woman really is a woman of prayer to be able to say it on her funeral. My mother was indeed a woman of prayer. I grew up watching her praying every day. But the thing that impressed me the most was the Tuesday to Wednesday prayer schedule. She started prayer on Tuesdays around 7 p.m. And she will stay in the prayer room and finished around 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Almost 24 hours in the prayer room. Some people, some, a group of women will join her for the night session and they will go in the morning and another group will join her for the day session and even when they don't show up, she will still be praying. As a result, people with different sicknesses and issues were coming at our place. And they left healed. She used to pray for people with different issues and they will live with solutions. Cases that were rejected by doctors found solutions in the prayer room in our home. I saw it with my own eyes. People being healed from complicated situations. All that was made possible thanks to a woman who said yes to God and developed a godly habit that allowed God to use her. Her prayer habit produced power that helped so, so many lives. My mother was indeed and will always be known as a woman of prayer. Not because she prayed once or twice, but because she made of prayer her daily habit. My mother was a human being. Just like Elijah, just like Paul, just like Peter. One thing they all have in common is that they all developed godly habits. That's what they all have in common. They are all known by their godly habits. We know Paul by his godly habits. We know Peter by his godly habits. Their habits made them. 
your habit make you. You will be known by your habit. If you want to improve the quality of your life, don't try to change who you are. Change your habit. Don't change you. Change what you do. All great people of faith, all of them had great habit. Research shows that uh, 45 to 47% of the things that we do every day are habit. The things that you do every day. Psychologists define a habit as a way of behaving that is repeated so often it's no longer involved conscious thought. So you just do it every day that you forget even when you are doing it. You don't even think about it anymore. Half of your habit, of your daily activities, are things you don't think much about. The way you brush your teeth. How you drink your water. How you drive. They are all things you don't think about. You learned them once, and then they became habit. They became part of your life. Routines that you don't think much about anymore. The Bible gives us some examples of great people who made godly habits a priority. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. When Daniel learned that the document has been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upper room opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he has done before. Three times every day, Daniel had a habit to pray, just had, just as he had done before. Three times, Daniel prayed. He was not, bro he was not born praying. He did not come out of his mother's womb praying. He learned to pray, and he made it a habit. Psalm 119, 164. I praise you seven times a day for your righteous judgment. The psalmist praised God seven times each day. He trusted God's judgment. Every day, even when things go wrong, the psalmist will stand and praise God seven times. He made a habit to praise God. Luke chapter 5 verse 16. Yet he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Jesus made of prayer in isolation a habit. He prayed alone. He prayed in public. He prayed often. He prayed. Act 27. On the first day of the week, we assembled to break bread. Paul spoke to them, and since he was about to depart the next day, he extended his message until midnight. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 to 2. Now regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, you should follow the same procedure I gave to the church, the churches in Galatia. On the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned. Don't wait until I get there and then try to collect it at all at once. The disciples met every first day of the week. This is our Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week 
in the Jewish, Jewish calendar. They met every Sunday to worship, to give, and to fellowship with each other. Every first day of the week. They made it a habit. I can go on and on and on to give you examples of people in the Bible who made a godly habit that defined them. When I lost my mom, my wife started to check on me almost every hour. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Then I decided to really try to understand how I'm doing. But I realized something. My spirit was good. I realized that my spirit was strong. I was, my spirit was informing other aspects of me. I could feel like... When I try to go too far with my mind in questions, my spirit will answer those questions. You will see her one day. She's in glory now. She will suffer no more. Oh, see, that's good. My spirit was feeding all other aspects of, of me. And when she asked me, how are you doing? I gave her four answers. Emotionally, 50%. Physically, 30 Mentally, 45. Spiritually, 90. And, and I kept improving. I thank God. The first week was tough, but the second week I started to, to recover. My conclusion was that I am as strong as my spirit. I, I am as strong as my spirit is because I experienced it. So today I'm going to share with you three Ps, three godly habits that if you stick to these three, I, th I know there are so, so, so many godly habits you can learn in life. But if you maintain these three habits, and I will keep them in PPP so that you remember them, it will keep your spirit strong and it will keep your life strong. Again, as I said, if you want to change the quality of your life, don't try to change who you are. Change your habit. The first, the first P is prayer. So let's talk about it. First Thessalonians 5.17. Pray constantly. Make it a habit to pray. That's what this scripture says. Pray as a habit. Don't just pray once. Keep praying. Most people think that prayer is a gift given to some people. Because Annette is our prayer leader. She has got the gift of prayer. No one has a gift of prayer. I don't have it. My mother didn't have it. And Paul did not have it. And no one has a gift of prayer. It's not a gift to pray. It's a discipline. You learn it and you do it. Everyone can pray. We just don't prioritize it. But everyone should pray. Everyone should pray. Here are some thoughts around prayer. Prayerful people learn to pray and make it a habit to pray. Prayer is the fuel that runs the locomotive of the will of God in your life. It is. It doesn't matter how things look like. If you keep praying, you allow the locomotive of the will of God to keep moving in your life. When you stop, it stops. Prayer is the main source of strength God has provided to all who seek him. Those who pray join forces with God to establish his kingdom on earth. Listen to this. Those who do not pray establish a weak link to allow the enemy establish his kingdom. 
If you are not a prayerful person, you become a weaker link for the team. That's where the enemy will be using to destroy your family, your church, your community. You will allow him to do it. Let's, say, let's speak some truth about prayer, isn't it? I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you the truth. That is the truth. The enemy will always try to bring confusion in the family from the person who doesn't pray. I know of no better thermometer to your spiritual temperature than this. The measure of the intensity of your prayer. That's Charles Spurgeon. We shall never see much change for the better in our churches in general till the prayer meetings or meeting occupies a higher place in the esteem of Christians. Charles Spurgeon. Prayer should be the number one habit of every believer. God always answers prayer. He always answers prayer. Sometimes he says yes and gives you what you want. Sometimes he says no and gives you better and sometimes he says, wait, they are all answers. He always answers. Pray alone. Pray with others. Pray louder. Pray silently. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't feel motivated. Pray, pray, pray without ceasing. Pray when you feel sleepy. Pray when you are hungry. Pray when you are walking. Pray when you are working. Pray constantly. The church today is the result of yesterday's yesterday Christians' prayer. Tomorrow's church will be the result of our current prayers. Does it make sense? Oh, good. The state of the world today is the result of yesterday Christians' prayer. The state of the world tomorrow will be the result of our current prayers. The world we leave to our children will be the result of our prayer. Don't blame politicians. Don't blame, don't blame the system. Just look at yourself. How much are you praying for the world? That's the kind of world you leave to your children. The prayers you are praying. Would you join God's army by committing to praying constantly? Constantly looks different to every person, to different people. But you will need to start from somewhere. Start today. Prayer is a sign of trust. Those who trust God pray. And those who pray trust God. I want to encourage you to start today. The second P, Peruso. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually. How? How many times? Continually. Make it a habit to study the Bible. Make it a habit to study. It doesn't say study it once. It says keep studying. Make it a habit to study the Bible. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Friends, brothers, sisters, I encourage you to read the Bible. The Bible is the living word of God. It keeps me strong 
all the time. And I've been through things. I know you have been through things. I know you've faced challenges in life. I know you have. I'm telling you, reading the Bible will keep you strength in, mo in the moment that you don't even feel like praying. You don't even feel like do. You don't know what to do. The word that you read every day will come to life and keep you strong in moments of trouble. Give the Bible your attention. Listen to what the Bible is telling you. Listen to it. God is willing to talk to you every time you open your Bible. He is. Ask God to help you understand his voice. Ask God to speak to you every time you open the Bible. Say, tell God, speak to my heart. Speak to me. Speak to my spirit. Speak to me. The Bible contains answers to all questions of life. All. The more you meditate on the logos, the word of God, it begins to become a rhema to you. Logos is the written word of God, the general word of God in Greek. Rhema is the specific word of God. Sometimes we want to hear always a specific answer from God. Who do I want to marry? Open the Bible. John. Ah, oh, answer from the Bible. Which job, which job should I have? Open the Bible. Carpenter. Oh, tomorrow I go. No, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. The Bible has got every answer to our questions. But you need to get familiar with that voice. Read it, study it, study it, and study it. And then the logos will become rhema. The general will become specific as you go. You may not understand it when you start. Just keep studying. You'll get familiar to the voice and God will speak to you. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. Romans 10, 17. Why am, am I, you may be asking yourself, why am I not interested in the, on the, of the things of God, in the things of God? Why do I feel dry? No, no. Keep hearing and faith will come. It's, it's not, faith does not start. It's the hearing that starts. Hear the word first, then the faith will come. We want to feel first before we hear. You need to hear first before you feel. You will feel the presence of God only after you've heard the voice of God. So my encouragement to you is read your Bible. Make it a habit. And the third one, participation. P, P, P. Philippians 2, 3 to 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of the others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You know, humans are social beings. We were created to live in community. I know we may be struggling or for some issue, for some reasons or others, but we thrive when we connect with others. And when we do something for others, that's when we thrive. We all have something we can give, all of us. No one has everything, but everyone has something. Most people join groups with a question in mind. What is in it for me? Some people join churches with the same question. What is in it for me? Some people join marriages with the same question. What is in it for me? 
Some people join clubs, friendship, and other gatherings with the same question in mind. What is in it for me? They can only join and, re and remain as long as they see what is in, is in it for them. And they leave as soon as, as their benefits run out. People who make positive impact in life are people who ask the question, what can I give to meet someone's need? Not what is in it for me, what is in it for them? What can I give in this relationship? What can I give in this church? What can I give in this community? If you are going to change one habit, change your perspective on relationship. Make it about the other. Make it about the other. God has surrounded us with people. Some of them are crazy. Yeah. No, I'm trying to avoid to look at you. <laughs> I'm, avoid to, I'm avoiding to look at you. Some of them are really crazy. Some of them don't just understand. But everyone is around us for a reason. As iron sharpens iron, it's only when we live in community that we grow. It's only when we face those challenges, we don't understand each other. We don't, uh, that's when we learn. That's when we grow. Serve people. Serve your church. Find a need and meet a need. Do not isolate yourself. God established the church so that we can meet the needs of each other. That's why we exist. Hebrews 10.25. Not staying away from our worship together, worship meetings, as some habitually do. How do they do it? They have a habit of staying away from others. That's what the Bible says. They've built a habit of staying away, staying home. But encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Your neighbor needs you. Your neighbor needs you. We all need each other. Maybe someone needs you here simply to listen to what they are going through. Like they just want you here so that you can listen. Just to listen. You don't need to say anything. Come to church on Sunday so that you can listen to someone. You don't need to say anything. People come here with the need just to have someone who will listen to them. Maybe someone will come here so that you can just smile at them. Just your smile will build their heart, will minister to them. Just your smile. Your presence here will help someone. Just the presence. Just look around you. Imagine if we take half of this room outside. It will feel empty. It will feel empty. Your presence here makes the place look and feel warm. And that is a benefit for someone. There are people who live alone. They've been left abandoned by their families. Let me be honest with you. When they come to church, they want to feel that warmth. They want to feel like we are all here. We are all, I'm accepted by how many? I'm accepted by 20. I'm accepted by 70. Just come here to give that. Just your company. You don't need to say anything. You're not going to preach like me. You're not going to sing like her. You're not going to do anything. Just be here to minister to someone by your presence. By your presence. That's why Paul said, don't do like they do. They have 
made a habit to stay away from others. Bad habit. Break it. If you're going to commit to something this year, commit to church. I know you've made a commitment to your gym. It's good. It's good. First habit, commit to your church. What's your priority this year? If you plan how many camping are you going to have? Or how many church services you are going to attend? I will leave that to you. The pastor's role is not to tell you how many times you should go camping. I love camping. My wife doesn't. That's why we don't go. Thank you. <laughs> we'll build a habit. <laughs> Make it a habit to serve. Make it a habit to give. Do not drift away from others. So these are three things. Prayer, perusal, and participation. If you will make these three your basic habit this year, you will make God your priority. So let me do, tell you quickly how to do it, and it will be done. You may be saying, I would like to start praying constantly. I would like to read my Bible regularly. I would like to serve. But where do I start? Three steps, easy steps. First one, start small. Start small. You can master any habit if you start with small and realistic steps. You may not do like my mom from 7 to 7 p.m. to 4 p.m. That may sound crazy to you. But you can start with just one thing. Before you leave your bed, just say, thank you, Jesus. Start from there. Don't say 10 words, just two words. Thank you, Jesus. At least you remembered that he exists before you leave your bed. And then you can build it into sentences. Just give yourself one week to start saying thank you, Jesus, before you leave your bed. Start from there. Start small. Find triggers. And this is what they normally teach people when they are helping them to change habit. Find triggers. Find, find a cue. I've, I've given myself ways to build my, ha my new habit. So I've told myself in the morning, I use before or after, before or after. You find a habit that is already established in your life, and then you use before or after. Before I leave my bedroom, I will pray and read my Bible. That means I will be locked in my bedroom until I do that. Does it make sense? Before I, I will. So that's what I've told myself. I'm not going to leave my bedroom in the morning until I read my Bible and pray. So I can even do that in five minutes. But as long as I did it, I now have permission to leave. So that's how I taught myself. Before I shower in the morning, I will exercise. Before I take my breakfast, I will drink 1.5 liters of water. So I drink water first before I eat my breakfast. I built that habit like seven years ago. And I'm still doing it every day. And this morning I did drink 1.5 liters of water. That's how you can start. Just start small, but attach them to habits that you already have. Then, before or after, find a cue and do it. Small, but realistic. And do it. Start small, then increase your discipline after you've mastered the lower level. Before I go to bed, for example, you can tell yourself, I read my Bible. You can say that. Second point. Break one, make one. 
break one, make one. Don't just tell yourself, I will stop doing this. It doesn't work. I know you've tried it. It doesn't work. Every time you're trying to break one, dis one habit, build another one that replaces it. For every habit you want to break, find one good habit to replace it. Oh, this is where things get sometimes complicated. I will try, I try to go quick. There is a habit loop that psychologists call a uh, habit loop, which contains a trigger, like the thing that reminds you of doing it, or a cue, a trigger. There is the behavior, what you do after you've seen or heard or seen the trigger, and the reward, what that habit brings to you. It makes you feel something or gives you something. So there is a trigger, there is the behavior, and there is a reward from it. You do what you do because something triggers it all the time. It activates your brain to do the same thing. Then you end up feeling that kind of satisfaction. So if you want to replace a habit, find your triggers. What triggers me to do what? Be aware of your response to your triggers. Then replace the response by a positive behavior that inspires a higher reward. Does it make sense? Mm. I'll give you an example. Don't give yourself long-term reward. No, ju just give yourself short-term reward because long-term don't always work. You can tell yourself, watching a movie before bed or reading the Bible before bed. Which one sounds good? Watching the movie, isn't it? It sounds like, oh, let me watch a movie, a little bit of distraction before I go to bed. But you would like to read the Bible before bed. That's the habit you want to build. What is the reward that you get from watching a movie? You feel good. You get distracted. You enjoy the movie. But one downside of it is screen before bed is bad for sleep. Isn't it? So... Reading the Bible before bed is good for sleep. Reward, good sleep, better day at work tomorrow. You see, I'm not talking about spiritual things. I'm not talking about I will grow spiritually and God will bless me. I'm talking about something small I can go for in the day. If I read my Bible, I'll sleep well. If I read my Bible, I will have a sound mind tomorrow at work. So that the reward that I'm giving myself so that I can read the Bible. And I will stop watching the movie in the night. Does it make sense? So you can do this with every habit. Check what is the trigger, what is the reward, and what is the behavior. Replace the behavior with a higher reward. You can create it. Tell yourself. And it will help you to change any habit. I'm not saying it's simple. I'm not saying it's easy. But it's possible. I'm pointing you toward what's possible with God. And final. The final one, start, stop, stay the course. Sometimes you start to make a new habit, and then before you know it, you've stopped. You failed. What I'm telling you today is start again and stay the course. And if you fail again, start again. Even 100 times, keep doing it. Keep doing it. The enemy wants you to believe that you cannot change. But Jesus wants you to know that change is only one more step away. 
Just keep making steps. And one more step away, that's where your victory is. Jesus came to set us free. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Making good habit and breaking bad one is a process for the rest of your life. Stay the course. Stay the course. Start today. Start today. So three things. Start small. Break one, make one. Start, stop, stay the course.